This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 2nd, 2022. Small part, big impact, five loaves and two fish. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning, both here in the sanctuary, there online, wherever you might be, traveling in your living room, wherever it might be. It's so good to be back this morning. I, last week I was away with my son celebrating his 30th birthday. Can you believe that? Early day. He was just that tall. Now he's 30. Unbelievable. It's good I'm not getting any older. Anyway, good to be here with each and every one of you this morning. So my name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We do welcome you so much. We're honored and blessed that you're both here in person and joining us online. Before we get started, and I, and I pray, I just want to give a huge shout out to you guys. You are awesome. So <laughs> yesterday, we didn't have the fall festival. Everybody go, oh. Well, some might be gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were all sad. And um, the thing is about that, it was really a hard decision to cancel it. And we don't know when we're going to have it. It won't be this fall. And so we're making some plans, whether spring or fall, we don't know yet. But um, shortly after, and it was like lots of texts back and forth to the team. And what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Okay, we're not going to have it. And then an hour later, we heard from Jump On Over that they couldn't bring the inflatables anyway. It's like, oh, why didn't we know that first? Because of the winds. But anyway, it was, it was fine. But I am here to tell you all something. For the first time in history of the Fall Festival and the Peach Festival, I did not have to go begging for volunteers. We had a full slate at morning, a full slate in the afternoon, a full slate all day, and you guys rock because that's a win that we were covered. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are looking, that's who we are because we are about inviting the community to, um, to our church, but just making a difference out there. So thank you for being a part of that. I'd like to open this up with prayer now. Lord, thank you so much for gathering us here today. It is a blessing to be together. Lord, settle us in wherever we are, that we might hear your word. We know that you have a message intended for each one of us. And so we submit ourselves to you. Help us focus and leave everything else out so that we can think and hear what you would have for each one of us through your Holy Spirit. I thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So before we start, I just want to say thanks to Carrie for finishing off our Philippian series last week with a great message, uh, encouraging us to change our thinking, change our lives as we win the war in our minds, as we go and think high. Say it with me. Think higher. Think higher. So, great message, Carrie. Thank you. I, I just wonder what he... I need points. I need all the points <laughs> I can get. Because yeah. I use points faster than I get them. Do you know what I mean? They, they come off the board no, before I get them true. on the board. So, thank you guys. Good. Today. Oh, it's so much fun like having our marriage worked out in front of the whole wide world here. Today, we start a new series, which we're focused on people who have small part big impact. Say small part, big impact. 
small part, big impact. Amen, amen. You know, like in the theater, there's a saying, it's, it's not the size of the role, but the size of the heart of the actor, right? You know, it's what you do with the role, what you do with it. And, uh, and that's true in life as well. And so uh, the question is, what are we going to do with what we've been given? What are we going to do with the part we have to play? And so this morning, we're going to look at a, a, a little message we call uh, Five Loaves, Two Fish. Five Loaves, Two Fish. Five Loaves, Two Fish. It is a story about the feeding of the 5,000. Some of you may be familiar with that. This is a really um, well-known piece to many of us because it's in all four Gospels. Gospels are the life and ministry of Jesus in the first half of the New Testament. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in all of their recountings of this, uh, it's, it's really cool. There's a few little differences, but the intent and the message is the same. So here we go. Jesus and his disciples withdraw by boat to a quiet place. They need some reflective time alone. But the crowds follow them. You see, Jesus is like a popular guy at this point. The crowds have heard about him, um, his power to heal, his uh, curing of diseases, power to cast out demons. They had heard of his teaching, his insights. Unlike anybody else on the planet, like people were gathered, they, they wanted to be near Jesus. And so they came. They flocked to Jesus that day. Okay, so John 6, starting at verse 5 till verse 7. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked us only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, it would take more than a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Wow. You know, there were 5,000 there that day, 5,000 men. It doesn't mention women and children. But apparently some of those were there as well because we'll find out shortly. You see the number of chairs in the sanctuary here. If everyone had somebody in it, if every chair was full, if this place was full, you multiply that by 20, that's just a little bit shy of 5,000. That's a big honking crowd, isn't it? That's a lot of people, yeah. And so they're there, Jesus welcomed He taught them. He, he healed them. It was a long day because they had already traveled to get to Jesus. They'd gone around the lake. Wow. So it was long and they were tired and they were hungry. And so Jesus decided he's going to feed them. And so it's important when we read Scripture to look at what's there and what's not there. And so we have to ask, ourselves why was he going to feed them i mean couldn't he just teach and dismiss them and that would be it they could all go home for supper it's one thing to teach them to heal them but to feed them five thousand plus people what was jesus thinking one of the things that we believe he was thinking is it's all about hospitality. Say hospitality. 
So. Yeah, hospitality in that region at that time looked a whole lot different than it does right now. You see, it back then was a sacred duty, a sacred duty treating strangers and friends alike. There's a story in Genesis 18, that's the first book of the Bible, and it's about Abraham. Abraham was sitting um, at the entrance of his tent. So, you know, there was like tents and there's a long entrance. So he's, it's like the city gate kind of. So he's sitting there and three strangers show up. Abraham hurried to meet them, to greet them, to say hello. And his first act of hello was that he bowed to the ground. And he said if he had found favor with them, could he uh, draw some water to wash their feet? Now, we saw this in the servant Jesus in John 13. So this is Abraham doing that with strangers. And then he said, can I, get, can I feed you? Can I care for you? And he wanted them refreshed. So he hurried to Sarah, who was his wife, and he asked Sarah to make some bread and out of the finest flour, not after the leftovers, the finest flour. And then he went to go find the choice tender calf. He needed to slaughter it, do whatever they do. I'm sure it's, uh, there's a process to it. And then make the fire and cook it. I mean, we're not talking a half an hour. We're not talking about calling, you know, Grubhub or whatever it's called. What do you call that? Is that it? <laughs> I've never used them. But anyway to deliver the meal, the meal, it was going to take hours to cook. But that's what was important to Abraham. And it turns out in the scripture that we find out that these strangers were from God. They were messengers. He didn't know that. But they were messengers to tell Abraham something really important, that he and Sarah would have a son Remember the covenant that God made with Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And this was this happening. So we have that in Genesis chapter 18. When we go into the New Testament, there's a book called The Letter to the Hebrews. And in Hebrews, we find um, the biblical precedence for this. In Hebrews, it says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Wow. So here at Connection Community Church, we have some core values. There's eight core values. People, people matter to God. Teamwork, generosity, excellence, worship. And one of our core values is radical hospitality. And notice we just don't say hospitality, we say radical hospitality. And if you look on our core values on our website, we have this line that says, what is that? What does that mean for us? Putting extraordinary effort and emphasis, that's on purpose, effort and emphasis on welcoming all people. That's who we are. That's who we want to be. That's who we pray we are. And it's based on that scripture in Hebrews. And that's why it's so important we value the people that are out in the circle, rain, snow, sleet, or hail, waving to you as they come in. 
We value the people at the door. We value you who hopefully will take on and walk across or say hello to somebody who you don't know. Because we just, God calls us to radical hospitality. We've often set up here that people may not like the sermons or even the music. Some people prefer a different style, and so they don't come back. But if it's because they haven't been welcomed radically, that hurts my heart. I can deal with it if they don't like our, our lights and all that. But if it's because they don't feel welcome, shame on us. So thank you for helping us live out our core value of radical hospitality. And actually, I've read where a new person comes to church before they ever hear the message or the music, based on how they've been treated from their car to, to the front door, they'll decide if they're coming back or not. So if you're a greeter in the parking lot, if you're a greeter outside the door, that's crucial. It's absolutely crucial in welcoming the stranger. You know, Abraham, when he, when he did all that uh, hospitality, he was 99 years old. I saw a picture of Jimmy... Uh, Jimmy Carter, yeah, today. He's 98. He didn't look like he was ready to slaughter a calf. I mean, he doesn't look bad for 98, but this guy was 99 and still kicking pretty good. Anyway, back to our story. You know, as Carrie said, it's in all four uh, Gospels, and we're reading out of John, but just to refer to one of the others, as Mark tells it, the disciples suggest sending the people away so that they go to the surrounding countryside villages and buy themselves something. Maybe they had Burger King or McDonald's. I don't know what, what they had there, but they suggested sending them out. But, but that's not Jesus' plan, is it? No. And he's not only going to show them hospitality, he's going to show them God's possibilities. There you go. Beginning... Um Later down the scripture, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? So when Philip was calculating that it would take about a half a year's wages to, to give everybody in the crowd just a bite, Andrew, Peter's brother, was looking for a tangible solution to this problem they had before him. And so he finds this young boy who brought a snack pack to the gathering that day. Five small barley loaves and two fish. It's a, a budget price snack pack because barley's like the cheapest, cheapest uh, bread you can buy. Fresh fish, you... You're probably not going to, and if you find, and if you do, it's going to be extremely expensive. They don't have ice. They don't have refrigeration. They had to very quickly do something with the fish. They need to preserve it in some way. So uh, they're probably little tiny fish, some kind of sardines, maybe. According to Bible commentator William Barclay, pickled fish from, from Galilee were, were known all over the Roman world. Perhaps that's what the boy is packing that day, along with his budget price loaves, uh, so Andrew finds this kid in the crowd, this young man with five loaves and two fish. But he says, uh, how far will they go among so many? 
if you have your Bibles with you, again, it's John chapter 10, and I'm picking it up at verse 10. Or John chapter 6, excuse me. I'm picking it up at verse 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. I love the details we get sometimes. And, he, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there again, plus, I'm going to say others. And Jesus, I'm not adding to scripture, by the way, because that's a sin. I'm just making a comment. <laughs> Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. They didn't just get a little bit. It was as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Wow, generosity. With God, generosity, there are no bounds. When they all had enough to eat, it meant they were full. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. I read a commentary once that suggested that it would have been highly unusual that in a crowd of 5,000 that only one person, in fact, just one small boy, would have been the only one who would have brought a snack pack that day. If you think about that, that would make sense. They were going to be out for a long day carrying a snack pack. Um, it's likely that more in that crowd would have been packing. Now, packing is one thing, though, and sharing is another. The same commentary muse, I'm not saying it's so, I'm not saying it's not, I'm just giving you a, what he shared that day, or in that book, mused on the possibility that the generous spirit of that boy opened up the floodgates of generosity. And when all these hidden snack packs were brought out in the open, everybody feasted with food left over. After service, uh, I had a guy say, wow, I, you really real, ruined that story for me from when I was a kid. <laughs> Last time I told this, I had a lot of people say, that's not true. That's, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just throwing out something somebody shared. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, from what I hear, when people hear that, they say, that ruins the miracle. Well, maybe it does, I don't know. But sometimes I think that getting several thousand people to voluntarily be generous, where they would give up their entire hidden snacks, uh, that might be the greatest miracle of all. Just an interesting perspective. It is an interesting perspective. I love kids. I love their innocence. I love their faith. You know, the scripture says, come, you know, Jesus, come to me like children, you know, childlike faith. You know, life kind of jades us and we begin to, you know, have this harder exterior. And so this boy, he like had this faith. He was willing to share what he brought for the sake of the crowd. And I don't know if he thought, certainly he didn't think his two loaves and five fish would feed everybody, but it's something he was willing to donate it for the sake of others. And what do you know? It did become enough. It was enough. 
It was more than enough as we sang, more than enough, more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, that means my provider. He is more than enough. And Jesus made it more than enough. That meager beginning, a crowd of 5,000 plus was fed. They were able to eat that day. And so here this little guy had this small part, but a big impact. Reminds me of when we were starting this church. At the, it was back in uh, August of 2001. Um, we had been, uh, the team that started, uh, like 14 families, we, we'd been meeting for a couple months, or f actually for just One over month. a month, <laughs> and we were um, participating in the um, Peach Festival. In fact, we participated in the Peach Festival before we ever had a worship service. The little place where the, at Four Corners where the where, uh, bridal shop is now, a woman from Cornerstone had that with a, a candy shop, chocolates, and she let us uh, be in there the day. We had some cookies. We had some peach-colored balloons. They said, Connection Community Church coming soon. Now, we talked about Christmas Eve, but we had no idea where because back in 2001, you didn't have a lot of open buildings and places to, that you could rent. I mean, just about everything in this town was, was, was rented out because it was expanding, and it was expanding bigger than the building was expanding, if you know what I mean. And so uh, we, we didn't want to rent a school, though, because uh, you, you could rent them and a little cheaper than what we were renting for, but you only get the school on, like, Saturday, Sunday, maybe evenings, usually just on Sunday because the cost of the rent was, was that high. And we didn't want to just be a Sunday church. We didn't want to be a church every day. We wanted to be all the time, so we wanted someplace that could be ours. And we, we almost given up hope. And then two different couples the same week found uh, this place that had a for rent sign on it. It was an interesting place. It had been the bowling alley. Jason, did you ever bowl there? No? I know Frank and Murray did. Yeah, we used to bowl there. And then it was a lumber yard. Well, that makes sense. When you're, when you're worshiping a, a carpenter, a lumber yard makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Uh, Alan, I'm just looking. Can you put that? So there was yeah. a barbed wire fence yeah. around it. That is the first thing we did. We tore that barbed well, wire Well, when you got in, you weren't down. getting out, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then it was an electrical supply house. I don't know the connection with that and Jesus, but anyway. Um, Holy Spirit electricity. There you go, electric. Yeah, there you go. And, and, so, um, and so we were going to rent this place. We were going to figure out, uh, I figured we would, do the renovation ourselves, we found that wasn't going to work. But anyway, first steps first. And so we were, we were going to rent this place. And so we, we gathered the, this, this formation team, this planting team, gathered on a Sunday in November at someone's house. Remember, we're supposed to open December, and we didn't. Yeah, December 24th, and this is November. And, and, and we prayed about it. We took communion. And, 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 and uh, uh, you know, there were some things we needed. We needed rent. We needed some chairs, you know, basics uh, to just get started. We figured we could borrow the, the projector from the conference, uh, Methodist Conference office in Dover. We could borrow the sound mixer. Cornerstone had an extra one. 
uh, speakers and microphone. We had a, uh, a couple in our, our congregation who were part of a group called Soldiers of the Cross. And their, uh, her father uh, was their manager, and they were going to lend us these uh, speakers and microphones. And, uh, and, uh, and so we gathered for communion that day, and, 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 then, and then we gave each person there a, piece, a little piece of paper and said, write down the cash that you can contribute, not in six weeks, not in four weeks, by Sunday, by the one week, how much cash. <laughs> See, uh, Mike, our treasurer at the time, no longer with us, he passed away, but Mike had calculated it was going to be, we needed just under $18,000 to get this thing started. So we all wrote our little number down, all put it in the hat, Mike and Teresa added it all up. You know what it came out to? Just under $18,000. Isn't that incredible? Go figure. Just under $18,000. You know, see, each of us had put in our are five loaves and two fish. <laughs> and, and, and Jesus was going to see to it that with that, everybody was going to be fed. <laughs> so two weeks later, um, <laughs> the, the music team needed their speakers and microphones back a little sooner than we thought. <laughs> and so we had to do something fast. And so we pulled out our... Um, credit card, our personal credit card, and Alan and um, our lead singer took a trip to Baltimore and purchased the speakers and purchased a soundboard. And I remember that day the credit card company called and said somebody might be uh, have stolen our card because there had never been $4,800 put on our card before. And um, But I said, yeah, that, that really is us. And so the really cool thing, Loaves and Fishes, we couldn't pay that. And but week by week, month by month, in six months, the church had paid us back for all of that. And so we're here to tell you that this church is based on miracles. Everything about this church is miracle. Getting the Green Street, being in Green Street, finding the land here, building this church, this church is based on miracles. And it's small parts, big impact of each one of you. Yeah, two loaves, or five loaves, two fish. See, there's the thing. Jesus isn't asking any of us to feed the 5,000. He's going to take care of that. All he's asking us to do is to give him our five loaves and two fish and let him take it and do something with it. We provide the loaves and fish. Jesus will take care of the rest. And God gives us opportunities all the time to do something, something that is bigger than us using the resources that God has given us, the gifts and the talents and even the, the money resources that to release. And sometimes we have trouble imagining what that looks like and we kind of want to see the end product before we step out. But God doesn't really want that. God wants our obedience first. And then we can experience the blessing. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes God just wants the obedience, pure and simple. So... We have to remember that God is not asking us to feed the 5,000. He's just got a way for us to each one share our loaves and our fishes. Give Jesus what we have so that he can multiply it. So as we look around, you know, we had a service at 9. We have a service tomorrow night. We have a lot of people online 
today and throughout the week, God started all of this with $18,000. We didn't get outside help. It was core families that started the church. Some of them are still here. A lot of them moved away. They were young families with kids, and they were transferred. Um, but we still have uh, Frank Reed and the Drummond family and Randy and Teresa Overbay and Lee and Barb Reynolds and, you know, I don't know if I'm forgetting any of the startup team here, but then many of you came on in the first year and did even more. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Small part, big impact. So then the question is, what does God, what does Jesus want to do with you? And what are the loaves and fish? Oh, we forgot that. Oh, that's true. Can you, can you put that slide back up of the first church? See, this is the best part of the, when we open. You know, um, yeah. if you look on the wall, you see that white thing in the front there? Well, that's, that's our first screen. Don't we had a couple of uh, Dave and uh, Ann Raskowski who helped us start the church and sewed these two dowel rods into this piece of fabric. That was our, this is our, our screen. Two loaves, or four, five loaves and two fish. And uh, God multiplies it and makes it work. We keep this in our office so that we can remember. <laughs> and we don't get caught up in all of this <laughs> that we can remember. You give God what you got. The question is, what are the loaves and fish that you have that he's asking you to contribute to get something started? You know, if this whole Jesus thing is new to you, maybe the first step is just a relationship with him. And the thing to remember is it's the same thing. It's not the whole five loaves, two fish. He's not asking you to have it all figured out. If he did, I wouldn't be here because I don't have it all figured out. And I've been at it a long time. He's not asking you to figure it all out. He just wants you to take the first step. The question is, what do you need to turn over to take that first step with Jesus? If Jesus is already a part of your life, if he's already your Lord and Savior, what's he asking you to to give to him so that he can do something wonderful with it. Uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's some of that hard-earned cash. But you know, that kid, five loaves, that's all he had. He gave it all. God's not even asking you to give it all. 10%, that's all he's asking. Can you give that and see what God might do with it, how it might multiply? Maybe he's asking you for a, a couple of hours working with some young guys so that they might know who Jesus is. Maybe uh, a couple of hours in the food ministry. The people who otherwise might be hungry will have some, something to eat. Maybe it's sharing your ability to sing or play an instrument and be part of the praise team. Or, or maybe he's asking you some of those techie skills you've got. Although Barry says running a camera Doesn't even take techie skills. A plug. He needs camera people. <laughs> yeah. Jen, is this your first time running a camera? Great job. All right. Dave, did you round her up to do that? Yeah, oh, thank you, Ely family. Yeah. yeah. So you don't even have to be techie to use the techie stuff. There you go. Um, maybe, maybe God's asking you to uh, take that green thumb of yours and make a difference. 
but to trees and tribes. Why does that make a difference? Because it makes it attractive, it makes it welcoming. Here's that well, hospitality again for people to come in and find out who Jesus is. So they, can, I, can I show this? Absolutely. So here's a little car, and it's so cute. It's got some little wheels. So John Berlin, who works, he's a, one of the hospitality people. He made these for our Operation Christmas Child. He made 125 of them. Mm. Now, John is so quiet, isn't he? Like, really quiet. But this is his small part, big impact. Can you imagine when a kid opens up a shoebox who's ages two to four and finds this little car that he has so lovingly made and prayed over? So small part, big impact. You know, Jess, I'm looking at you right now. You just joined the card ministry, and there's a lot of people here who get cards for various reasons. Small part, big impact. Uh, Jeannie, you're hours in the office doing data input. Thank you. Small part, big impact. I could go through a whole bunch of you right now, and we're running out of time, so I won't, but I would love to because you're awesome. You rock. That anyway. Big, yeah, that big impact is eternity. Yeah, yeah. So if there's something on your heart, just um, grab Dot that's out in the lobby or Alan and I, and we would love to get you connected in some way. Mm. So what are the five loaves and two fish that you need to relinquish, that you need to share in order for Jesus to feed 5,000? Five loaves and two fish. That's all it takes. Jesus will do the rest. Small part, big impact. Say it with me. Small, Small part, part, big, big impact. impact. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God. Wow. You don't ask much, but you ask us to participate in your kingdom. You ask us to participate with your people. You ask us to, to, to contribute, to give something, to be a small part of a big impact. You allow us to join you in this, um, in this incredible uh, opportunity so that people might realize salvation and eternity. Wow. Five loaves, two fish, that's all you ask. Please help us to be generous. Please help us to be giving. Please help us to be loving. Please help us to uh, be faithful and to know that, that you are God and that you can do all things possible. And you allow us the opportunity to be part of it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.